What is going on, guys? It is your boy Dylan at Thunder Chats coming to you with our presenting sponsor, BetOnline.ag. BetOnline continues to be your number one source for all your basketball wagering needs, including pro and college hoops throughout the year. With ultimate odds, stats, and trends, you can follow your favorite team's path to the playoffs with in-game live betting, contests, and all the best player props. Experience the world's best wagering platform anytime from your desktop or your mobile devices. Head to Bet Online today to become part of the team, and remember to use our promo code Believe. That is capital letters B L E A V to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. from time to time that's cool that's cool and welcome back everybody to another edition of the topic fandom podcast we are part of the believe network and this podcast is brought to you by betonline.ag topic fandom a place where your fandom comes alive i'm just changing the tagline every time we do it it's 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 a great time um but we are excited we are happy because we finally have official news about something we're going to talk about I'm joined first to my right. She just removed her glasses. She doesn't have <laughs> Pikachu headphones. She is rubbing her eyes. She's got her Christmas blanket. It's my life, Chelsea. What's up, Chelsea? Well, so many things that are irrelevant. <laughs> I mean, hey, I'm just making observations. <laughs> I'm ready to talk about Fantastic Four. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there you go. And also joining us from the Batmobile Batman himself, Alex Roig. How are you, Alex? I'm good, man. I'm good. I can... Starting to see the direction Marvel is going. I'm starting to see, you know, the the tagline of more quality, less quantity. Um, and I'm excited about where we're going. Marvel's getting its fastball back, man. We've got yeah. two two huge projects coming up. One coming up in the next five months. And then uh, the next year, we have another big one uh, coming up. And, you know, we, uh, a <laughs> little peek behind the curtain, me and Chelsea recorded an entire podcast talking about Echo uh, episode by episode, the whole shebang. Uh, the file got corrupted. Life's happened. We haven't been able to record it ever since then. So, can you uncorrupt the file? I, I don't think that's how it works. <laughs> okay. uh, you know, we need, we, we need a, Uncorrupt yourself. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, what is it? The Chaos and Order, Doctor Fate, and uh, Clayton and Young Justice, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we need we need the Helmet of Fate up in here for that. Um, hey, whenever you get a chance, man, watch Young Justice, listeners. If you're listening, watch the TV show Young Justice. Phenomenal, like character development, story. Foreshadowing. Is that action or is that like animation? No, nah, it's cartoon. It's cartoon, it's cartoon okay. but one of the best cartoons you'll ever free and see. It will make you cry so much. Oh yeah, no, it's amazing. We're rewatching it. Uh huh. Really? So much heart, like so much character development. Yeah, we're we're rewatching it with our kids right now. Uh, Slade and AJ. We just finished season two, and yeah, the. <laughs> Season two finale, if you know, you know. Uh, you will mm. shed a tear. Wow. So, I might have to get into it. Now, is, it like, is it like real kitty kitty or is it like... No, no. not at all. Not at all. It's more young adult. I mean, it's not, it's yeah. not invincible. 
Mm-mm. It's like somewhere in between Invincible and like the original Teen Titans. Okay, cool. My yeah. check it out. Where, where are they streaming it? Do you know? Uh, I will send you an illegal website. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I think it's on every, HBO Max. I got pretty much every streaming service, so. Yeah, I think it's on, it's HBO, on HBO. I'm good. There you go. Yeah, you, you gotta check it out for sure. But anyway, back on topic. Um, I I think we should address the news news first, and then you know we can kind of work our way back. Valentine's news. Yeah, Fantastic Four has been announced by Marvel Studios today in a in a Valentine's Day poster. Um, very sixties feel, very old time feel. What a feel. choice, too. You made us wait this long, and you give us a Valentine's Day poster. Hey. I mean, I don't, I don't. The thing is, I don't think they could have waited until like San Diego Comic Con. No, you know, those are like in July, August, September around yeah. that time frame. I don't think they could have waited that long. No, they've tortured us long enough. Yeah, they probably didn't want somebody backing out again because scheduling conflicts. Yeah. Like, because... do you think there's a specific reason that they did it, like a Valentine's Day card? Well, yeah, I mean, they said, like, from our family to yours, you know, Marvel's first family. So, they're really I mean, hammering home the family. Yeah, I mean, and at the at the crux, at the core of Fantastic Four is, you know, the love story between Mr. Fantastic and Sue Storm, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and they're, you know, let's, let's talk about it, man. The cast, the, I think the last time we talked about Fantastic Forecast, this was the cast that mm-hmm. was you know previously anticipated to be them, but it is officially Pedro Pascal as Reed Richards. It is Vanessa Kirby as Sue Storm. It is Joseph Quinn as Johnny Storm and Ebon Moss Bakrock as Ben Grimm, The Thing. And, you know, we've, we've kind of talked about it, but, you know, now that it is official, now that it is real, Alex, how do you feel about the cast? How excited are you for this movie? Hella excited. Um, as far as the cast goes, the, I mean, the thing is, it's no surprise. You know, we, we've known about this yeah. cast for for a while now, for a couple months now. I do love that on the picture, you know, the thing, you know, they have him as his, as the thing. And then mm-hmm. in the picture behind him, you have, you know, Yvonne Backrack on a, on a picture as an astronaut. Uh, so I just thought that was pretty, you know, pretty funny because pretty much, you know, everybody else, you can tell who they are. Um, mm-hmm. Of course, the thing is going to be CGI'd completely. Um, it's very clever. Yeah. But, hey, Herbie was in there, too. Mm-hmm. You got Herbie. I was in there. Um, yeah, man. And, and if you look at what, I believe it's what the thing is holding. It's holding a magazine. It's either him or it's it's uh, Johnny Storm. Yes, the thing. Yeah, holding a magazine. And the magazine is, I believe, a Time magazine from 1963. Um, it's a Life magazine. It's a yeah, Life magazine or Time magazine mm-hmm. from 1963. And so, you know, kind of indicates from what we've heard that this is going to take place in probably another universe, in a universe that, you know, is very similar to the 60s. You know, the writing on the on the card was very 60-ish, um, and so. You know, it'll be interesting to see, you know, what what we get from that. Yeah, and, you know, uh, it, it's unclear how long they've been planning this movie to be in this timeline and whatnot, but it's been called out by many, um, you know, Marvel-like fan accounts and, you know, like nerd fan accounts and stuff like that. 
Doctor Strange in Multiverse of Madness whenever he was confronted by the Illuminati and Reed Richards was presented to him. And, you know, they said, you know, the head of Fantastic Four, he said, Fantastic Four, didn't you chart back in the 60s? You know, maybe, Mm -hmm. maybe it was foreshadowing. Who knows? Mm -hmm. Maybe it was just a throwaway line. But, um, Chelsea, how do you feel about the reveal of the cast? How do you feel about the presentation of the poster, <laughs> the the 60s vibe? What, what are you feeling? My biggest takeaway here is they're already going to have their powers, right? So we're mm. not going to see how they're getting their powers. Eh, not necessarily, but probably. I don't feel like they need to show us. Yeah, again, I, but... I feel like they might go the Spider-Man route and just like, we've seen Uncle Ben die yeah. enough times. We know yeah, we've seen that. We've seen the spider bites. Back. But that's my biggest takeaway. I don't have much to say about we've already talked about who they are. Yeah, I mean, very excited for this cast. I mean, Pedro Pascal. Pedro Pascal is dominated. Like, he's, like, playing franchise bingo. Like, he's just dominating Mm -hmm. every franchise out there. Vanessa Kirby, you know, she's been really good in the roles that I've seen her in. You haven't seen her in anything. I saw her in Hobbs and Shaw. She was really good. When did you watch Hobbs and Shaw? Back in those days where I was staying up till like two o'clock in the morning and you were going to sleep because you were oh, tired. Um, Joseph Quinn, obviously Eddie from Eddie. Stranger Things. Like if you bring up Eddie, our ten or is he? Is he he's not ten. Nine year old. Sorry, our nine year old still like wants to start crying uh, whenever you bring <laughs> him up. Like that was very much his breakout role. He hasn't been anything else, but like you know, he's been. In I mean, stuff. we so anything big. Never... Just crazy, you know, just kind of like side story. Um, so me and my daughters, my my three older daughters, um, we watched, you know, we watched Stranger Things together whenever it came out that summer. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and and my nephew. And so we had a uh, we have a, a group chat called Eddie's Cult on, on our phone. <laughs> so it just shows you the impact that Eddie had on everybody. In just a short time, man. Yeah, upon rewatching it with Slade, I retract any reservations I had about him being able to play Johnny Storm. I think he'll be good at it. Oh, he's got the charisma, man. He's got the charisma and he's got the riz. You know, yeah, with the with the picture, you know, he's got the he's got the F boy hair. He doesn't have the long locks uh he looks like, like a frat in boy. Things. It's kind of concerning, but I mean hey, I mean it winds up Johnny Storm, so I feel it. Yeah. Uh and then Ebon Moss Bachrock, uh, Richie, cousin from the bear, like one of the best developed characters in TV. Um, very excited to see him, you know, take a role in a movie. Um, and I, I think that his voice, like his gravelly voice and like just his like stoic demeanor is perfect for it's Ben Grimm and the thing. Yeah, it, it's it's gonna be amazing, you know. And I just hope that you know, I'm just glad it's not Jason Siegel. Oh yeah. Oh, gosh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, I, like, wasn't there a rumor that they were gonna make a woman? Yeah. That was the rumor. There was many rumors. There was many rumors oh, in this man. journey for the fantastic forecasting, but hey, it's been announced. This is what we got. I'm very excited. And you know, the last thing I kind of have to say is, you know, we know it's in the 60s. Uh the last time the Marvel um put out a project that was in the 60s. With the same director, Jack Schaefer, uh, it was WandaVision. You know, I kind of have mixed feelings about WandaVision, but like universally, it was a hit. Well, I, the first like 
few episodes where they're in the other timeline was great. That's like no doubt about that. Everything I mean, else what happens with every Marvel scene. show is this. the ending yeah. kind of loses its steam. Yeah. Yeah, the finale was just yeah. yeah. Annoying, I mean, it's, but... it's it's no She Hulk. I can tell you that much. <laughs> Gosh, sarcasm. Very, very upset that She Hulk like has this like social commentary about like you know the the one division problem of like all these CGI finales, and then the very next episode or the very next series, Moon Knight, they have a big CGI finale. And it's yeah. like oh, I can't stand it. Anywho, but yeah, very. I mean, hype meter for Fantastic Four like through the roof, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you, what, what's the rumor on when it's coming out? Is that coming out next February, twenty twenty five? I think it's coming out in July. Um, July. So they moved back Fantastic Four. They moved so up Thunderbolts. So we have to wait an entire calendar year, basically. <laughs> and it's and it's coming out the same month as Superman Legacy. Mm. They did that on purpose. So we're about to have a meal in July 2025. <laughs> hey, I'm 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 ready for I'm ready for summer blockbusters. I'm ready for billion dollar summer blockbusters. Bring them back. So ready. Yes. Well, we don't have to wait too long because we've got another one coming down the pike this year. The lone Marvel project in the movies this year. It is much anticipated. The Deadpool movie, Deadpool 3, which got its official title, Deadpool and Wolverine, or if you ask Hugh Jackman, Wolverine in the A-hole. Um, <laughs> you know, the trailer debuted in the Super Bowl. It was everything that you could expect it to be and more without giving away too much. Which, nothing. You know, without giving away absolutely nothing. Yeah, like, you know, you, you see, like, just enough to, like, satisfy, like, the nerds that, you know, like, dive in for, like, the frame-by-frame frame and, like, look for Easter eggs. But, like, you know, if you haven't, like, dove into, like, plot leaks and stuff, you don't know much about this movie. You know, Deadpool's there. You know, the TVA snatches him up. And, you know, at some point, he's in the void with Elioth because you see Elioth and Wolverine's there. That's pretty much all you know about this movie from the trailer. Um, so Chelsea, we'll start with you. How did you feel about the trailer? What was kind of like a standout part for you? I think I need to watch it again, but I did not pick up on the Elioth until I saw something about it on TikTok. It was very quick. I'm like really, I just saw a big purple blob. Yeah, like I'm really slow when I watch yeah. trailers. I don't Una, catch a lot. Unalive's one of the TVA agents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw it in slow motion, and I was like, oh, okay, that's a little more obvious, but. I'm excited for all the cameos. All I want is cameos. I want all the cameos that were supposed to be Multiverse of Madness that didn't happen. <laughs> I want all of them. Yeah, if, if there's one thing we know about Deadpool movie, like, they they will pull out all the stops, even if it's, like, like, they will bring in, like, an A-list for a literal cameo just to kill them off, like, ten seconds later. Like, <laughs> I want all the cameos. I mean, the beautiful like, thing is it's not they. It's Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds mm-hmm. is such, like, a... He's mm-hmm. such a friend to everybody in the industry type thing. And it's so awesome that he's basically at the forefront of, of this movie and kind of guiding and kind of, you know, he has the panache to to actually be the person to lead it. So, yep. you know, and shout out to Ryan Reynolds. It's Marvel's first rated R project. They've given Ryan Reynolds full creative control. Like, I'm <laughs> So excited, uh, Alex! What was your uh, what was your takeaway from the trailer, and what was like your big standout? So again, awesome trailer. Um, very much, you you could feel the Deadpool in it. 
you know, like whenever they snatch him up and they're about to take him into the TVA and he's like, you know, they, they kind of have their, uh, uh, what are those sticks called? The, uh, the pruning sticks, the pruning sticks. Yeah. And he's like, you know, pegging is not new to me, but it's new to Disney. And then he looked at the camera. Um, you know, that was unexpected, especially for, you know, a Disney type type thing. Especially a, a, a commercial. Yeah, Super Bowl commercial. And then just, I let out a noise <laughs> the minute 48 mark where that it looks like Dr. Doom controlling that machine that has like a, a, a satellite or a radar on it. I let out a noise that I didn't know I could make. <laughs> I thought it was doom, and I was like, you know, I can't even, I can't even redo that noise. Um, but upon further review, and upon you know, checking out some other YouTube's and stuff like that, they're like, that's not doom. That's literally mm-hmm. just like a, either a TVA soldier or like you know something, just you know, a variant of, of whatever. Um, or it could even be like if you look at the part where they have. Um, Pyro, if you look underneath Pyro, there's a guy I believe that has the same mask. Um, so I think it just it could just be like another X-Men that has a mask on. Um, but yeah, man, I, I thought it was Doom. So you can imagine whenever Doom pops up how I'm going to act. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, man, it, it, it was good. I really enjoyed it. And again, they, didn't, they didn't give you anything. I think it's just more of like the excitement of Deadpool again, because Deadpool's movies have been great, number one. Yep. Um, and just the excitement of knowing that the new course of Marvel kind of starts with this movie and, and you know, just the where Marvel wants to go as far as a new organized, structured, um, you know, plan of action it starts with Deadpool. And so just kind of seeing that and just, you know, seeing this as being the the uh, the engine that starts it, I was just excited for it. Yeah, and I, I think, you know, universally, this is kind of like, everybody's kind of like labeling this as like Marvel's like, get back. And Marvel Jesus. Yeah, yeah, he did say that, which is just wild Deadpool fourth wall breaking because, you know, they don't know what Marvel is in the TVA. But um, yeah, I think it was Matthew Vaughn who directed the X-Men First Class trilogy. And, you know, basically said that he thinks that Deadpool is going to be the refresh that Marvel needs. And, you know, he said, I think he, I think the words that he said was Marvel is going to get back its fastball with this one. And that's, that's got me very excited. I, because like, I love the first class trilogy. Matthew Vaughn also directed the Kingsman series. Love Kingsman, like very creative filmmaking. So like for him to say something like that. Yeah. It's, it's got me. Got me absolutely like very excited. I mean, you know, I mean, standout moment of the trailer, where obviously like everything you guys said, but like seeing just the silhouette of Wolvie uh, popping up in front of Deadpool, um, seeing the the claws retract, even if it's just a shadow, like you know, we know who's on you know the other side of that shadow. Mm-hmm. Like it, it's it's just wild, man, to see the culmination, and you know, it's not just seeing Hugh Jackman back in the. Back in, you know, as Wolverine, it's not just seeing him in the MCU. It's not just seeing him with Deadpool. But it's it's seeing the freaking iconic costume, man. I cannot wait to see that thing in live action. I, I think it's going to look so good. And very excited for this. The You know, talking about, like, 
not knowing what's going to happen in this movie based off the trailer. Like, I don't even know who the villain's going to be in this, like, based off the trailer. Because, you know, we know... They show that bald-headed person from the back. That's supposed to be... I thought that was the ancient one. No, no. So that's supposed to be... I forgot the name. But it's supposed to be Professor Xavier's twin. Ah. Like the female version, or like the female, a female version of like Professor Xavier, that's his twin. You know, they battled it out in the womb type thing, and apparently he killed her, but he didn't kill her all the way. Um, and so that's who that is supposed to be. Okay, there we go. Alex with the inside, I like it. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, hey, that, that is this be- a thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I've, I've heard it, and like, you know, after you said it, like, I remembered seeing it. And leaked. I just that forgot about me. it completely. That hurts me, Chelsea, that you're questioning my. <laughs> no, my I'm not audience. questioning you. I'm questioning does this make sense? I'm very sleepy right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. I, I, I think it's interesting because whenever you talk about Dr. Doom, I was saying like it wouldn't make sense to bring Dr. Doom in this movie because it is so just like insane. And, you know, comedic driven, you know, even though the comedy is not as like PG or, you know, anything like that, as like something like Ant-Man. But I feel like having Kang appear in Ant-Man Quantumania and, you know, Kang is obviously like this big bad, but, you know, having to be beaten in these comedic ways because it is an Ant-Man movie, I think, took away from the menacing nature of Kang. And I, I think that, you know, if you bring in Dr. Doom into a Deadpool movie, you face the same kind of uh, complications, you know, if he's in the Deadpool movie, you know, because like Ajax, you know, from Deadpool 1, like obviously like he was like this big bad dude, but, you know, he was he, he was kind of a joke because he was just a dumb character. <laughs> like he was very serious, but he was a dumb character, like very he much. Just, he was just a, a super powered human. Yeah, and but like Doctor Doom has like a reputation. Like everybody knows Doctor Doom, like one of the baddest MS in all of comics. So I, I, I'm glad they're not introducing him to this. But you know, you we can talk about proper. You got to give him his proper introduction. Yeah, no, he's got to have like Thanos introduction, like post credit, yeah. post credit. Then he shows up. Like this is a guy you've got to build up to because. He's got that type of gravitas and that kind of impact uh, for the wider uh, Marvel universe. So, yeah, so I'm very excited. Oh, so her name is Cassandra Nova. Yes, yes. She's bald. Yes, um, like Professor Xavier. Yes. Yes, that is actually confirmed. As but that wait, I thought so he shaved call. his head so that he could use Cerebro better. That was just I don't know. that was just, just first class, yeah. Okay. That was just head cannon that came out, but I'm I feel just... like I have to watch all these <laughs> movies again. Yeah, probably do because it looks like they're yeah. gonna show. What well, you know, the last thing that I want to point out was it was hilarious seeing the 20th Century Fox logo uh, in the void. Smashed. But, yeah, mm-hmm. there to be pruned. So um, you know, it's gonna be kind of interesting to see because you know the TVA goes and recruits Wade and brings it back to the TVA and you know they're wanting to put him into the Marvel Cinematic Universe but at some point he gets to the void and the TVA are fighting against him so 
gonna be interesting to see, you know, what causes that rift, what motivations are where. I mean, and... it's always in Deadpool's nature, man. Like you saw in part two, you know, whenever he recovered after his suicide attempt, you know, he was trying to be an X Men, and then it just went to shit. Whenever they had that, you know, situation at the at the house that had a, he had to shoot. What was it? What would he shoot? Like the cops or something like that? Or he had to shoot somebody to protect the kid. Um, so it always happens to Deadpool. It's his nature. Yeah, I gotta watch Deadpool two again. I, I gotta watch both Deadpool's again. It's been a while since I've watched either one of them, so we gotta do a refresh before the movie for yeah, sure. I don't, I don't. I remember the first one pretty good, but I don't remember the second one really at all. I hope Cable makes an appearance. That'd be. A lot of fun. Really like that Josh Brolin's I don't think he cable. does because he's he was involved in in Dune, two and you know the filming of three. Mm-hmm. Uh, from what I hear, but I mean, hey, come out a weekend, shoot some scenes, get paid. We well, can it can happen, man. Yeah, it can absolutely happen. But yeah, very excited for Deadpool. Very excited for Fantastic Four. Marvel's getting their fastball back. Um, on the other side of the break, we're going to talk about a series that. Marvel, you know, the most recent series that Marvel came out with, um, and our opinions on that. And we're back after that break. We've talked about the exciting things that are coming up for Marvel. Now we're going to get into the last project that Marvel had, and that was the Echo TV series. There was six episodes. Um, you know, there was five episodes. Sorry, God, Chelsea, stop. Um, yeah, we, uh, me, as I said at the top of the uh, top of the pod, me and Chelsea recorded a recap of it, all five episodes, and got corrupted. So five or six. Alex is here. It's five. Alex held up a five <laughs> because I was wrong. Um, all five episodes, and you know, kind of like what we rated the series, but Alex wasn't there, so this is kind of perfect. We're all here to talk about it. Um, hand up. I don't remember it as much as I did when I recorded the pod, but hey, we'll try to get through it. Uh, Alex, how did you feel about this series, and what would you give it in terms of your rating? Um, so here's the thing: I thought it was a good series. I thought it was an okay series. Don't don't get mm-hmm. me wrong. I felt like you haven't seen Breaking Bad, and you haven't seen Better Call Saul, but I got like those kind of vibes from this type of show. Like this show, if you were to play this show on AMC, it would have made sense type type vibe it's tvma a little bit of violence here some curse words um and I, I think it worked you know this was disney's first foray as far as an mcu product into a, a tvma type format um and i and i think it was it was it worked okay you know it, it's it's not going to be a memorable series it's not going to be something that you remember you know five years down the line um but i, I thought it was an okay series i don't know what place it has moving forward in the MCU. You know, it almost feels like a one-off. Um, unless you, you know, you do the ground level Spider-Man, Kingpin stuff, you know, coming up with Daredevil. Uh, but I, I thought it was okay. The difficulty in the series is that you have a character that does, that, that does not talk. And so with that, you know, you either have to, you know, follow along with sign or follow along with, you know, with the subtitles, and it takes away a little bit from the experience, you know, and, and, I, and I know it sucks saying it, I know 
you know, for anybody out there that is, you know, hearing impaired and, you know, they do have, you know, it, it helps them out, you know, to have that. But to a viewing audience, it, I, I believe it takes away a little bit from the experience. Um, and so it did make it a little bit difficult to stay with that for five entire episodes where she is the main character. Uh, but, I mean, other than that, the fight scenes were, were okay. I, I love the fight scene in the bowling alley. Um, mm-hmm. You know, she, like, it feels like she has a little bit of super soldier serum in her a little bit. Like, she's a little bit over the top as far as how, how strong and powerful she is. Uh, but I did like her backstory. I, I, I wish they would have delved a little bit more into, like, you know, how, how much of an uncle figure, father figure uh, Kingpin was in her life. Um, but I thought it was pretty good, man. I, I thought it was, I thought it was pretty good for like a one-time watch. I, you know, it's not going to be something that you rewatch again. It's not going to be something that, you know, it's, it's prominent in MCU lore. Uh, but I thought as a one-off, as something that you just watch, you know, maybe binge on a weekend or something that you just watch, you know, an episode here, an episode there. I thought it was okay. Yep. What about you, Chelsea? My only real problem with it was the first episode. Because, you know, I said this before, it was like... Covered a lot of ground in one episode. So much ground. (laughs) And if they had just, like, taken off the last 10 minutes where you catch up with her in, like, current, current time and she, like, goes to the skating rink and all of that happens taken that off added it to the next episode and given us 10 more minutes of backstory where we understand more about her mom and her dad's dynamic and that kind of thing that would have been a perfect first episode and everything else would have been like more fluid at the end but starting off the first episode with origin of the tribe and origin of her just like it was and then you end up with her in like present day. I was like, dang, I have whiplash. And then they had to give us the cameos with Daredevil and and Hawkeye Ronan. 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 Yeah. The Daredevil one was great. I didn't feel like we needed to see Hawkeye again. But, you know, that really. And then actually there was a plot hole about Kingpin not knowing Sign. Because he definitely knew Sign in the Hawkeye show. I went back and looked it up. It makes no sense. He was signing to her as a child and throughout the whole show, he knew sign the whole time. I, and so I don't know why they made that a plot point in the show. It makes no sense that he did not know sign. Yeah. Dan yeah, directly uh, needed to watch the, the, the prior. Yeah, film. literally do your work, do your homework. The whole thing with the contact lens <laughs> those two in silence. Yeah, it was a little creepy. But... So extra. Like, why? <laughs> well, it wasn't it wasn't I mean it was like so at the end of it, did you see that disc tower? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so like I don't know. I, I wish I wish they would have I don't know, shit, shown like a post credit scene where, you know, there's a lot of technological stuff going on at this this tower because that is, you know, top-notch, almost Tony Stark-type technology. Yeah. Um, so it would have been nice to maybe have that maybe lead into like a post credit scene for Armor Wars, maybe, you know, something of that nature. Um, but yeah, I, I just think 
again, there's some missed opportunities. There's some missed um, things that could have led to other things. But again, if we're just looking at this as a one-off and, and maybe bring back Kingpin for like Daredevil, then, you know, I, I'm okay with what they're doing. Yeah, I I would say I, I'm struggling to remember exactly what I said the last time we recorded. But your biggest complaint was her giving the powers to the grandma. Yeah, the whole finale, I <laughs> lost me. Like I was very much lost with like you know her, you know, having these magical powers and being able to bestow magical powers upon other people, <laughs> like. I, I was very I lost. I don't know if it was that. I, I think it was more hereditary, like the bloodline, like the because they came from you know they came from the same the same bloodline. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so they all had it in them. It's not well, they did a bad job of explaining that. Yeah, yeah, they didn't explain yeah. it really at all. Yeah. Like, and then the, the thing she is, like, went into Kingpin's head and like his memories. His backstory. And that's fine, but why can her power do that? But then also it does other things. They do, Marvel does this thing where they give no explanation for anything. You're just supposed to take everything at face value. It's like, yeah. They try to cram way too much information into like short periods of time. My brain hurts trying to figure all this out. (laughs) Yeah. Like what what made phase one through three work very well is that if a story needed two and a half hours, a story was going to get two and a half hours, you know, mm-hmm. so like, you know, Captain America, Winter Soldier, um, Captain America, Civil War, um, Endgame, you know, Infinity War, all those movies that like had like substance to them. If you needed to flesh out an entire storyline for two and a half, two hours and 45 minutes, you were going to get it and you were going to get it done right. I think with these shows, in trying to break these into episodic type storylines, you're either trying to cram too much information into an episode or trying to add information or add information or add, you know, like storylines into an episode that doesn't need it. Uh, I think that's what you saw a lot with like She-Hulk where they're, mm-hmm. they're trying to add a whole bunch of shit into it that wasn't necessary. Um, so that's, yeah, that's, that's where I think the struggle is with, with Disney, with MCU, and their shows on Disney Plus. Yeah, and I think my main struggle was like it felt like there was too many cooks in the kitchen. Like you know, there was you had the you know the Native Americans, First Americans, like working like side by side with them, make sure they get their origin right, make sure they get like the translation right, and that was all awesome. You had the fight choreography stuff. I thought the fight choreography was great. Um, the actors, like I thought all of the actors did a phenomenal job of what they're handed to them. I think the script was kind of, you know, the story was kind of shaky. I thought some dialogue was kind of shaky character development. Like I, I enjoyed the character development, but like, it felt like, you know, whenever the episode first comes on, you see Marvel spotlight and, you know, all we've heard about Marvel spotlight is this is standalone, like werewolf by night was Marvel spotlight. Uh, Guardians holiday special, Marvel Spotlight. Like, you know, th- these are things that aren't necessarily canon in the MCU. These are just like standalone stories. And yet they try to jam all this crap in to make it connect to the, you know, the current MCU. And it's like, you know, it feels like you're confused on what you're doing. But yeah. um, 
No, I, like I was telling Chelsea, like, you know, Alex, whenever I was in OKC, whenever we was in OKC, we went to the first American Museum, and it was really cool because it was like back-to-back weekends of me, like, getting to see all these things about, like, you know, the Native American, First American culture and seeing that, like, you know, like, I, I saw... Specifically in Oklahoma. Yeah. And they're in Oklahoma, yeah. Yeah, but, like, I saw, you know, how they came from the ground, and I saw how, you know, they was playing stickball, and, I, you know, I learned about stickball and stuff, and, and that, and, you know, it was, like, episode one, episode two, and I was, like, oh, like, you know, this is, like, really fresh in my mind. I, I really appreciated, you know, like, how they, you know, made callbacks to that, and, like, you know, made reference to that, and, you know, I, I think there were parts of the show that worked really good, and, you know, if they had another episode to cook, like, I feel like they could have got their point across, you know, mm-hmm. a little bit of time to explain a few more things, a little bit more backstory. Um, you know, I think that it could have been a really good show. I still enjoyed it for what it was. You know, I don't think it was yeah. the worst uh, Disney Plus MCU show. Um, as we said before, it's no She-Hulk. Uh-uh. See, what was the one that I said that I did like more than She-Hulk? Falcon Winter Soldier? No, I liked Falcon Winter Soldier for what it was. There was Shield and Miss Marvel. Yeah, I don't remember which one it was. It was probably Miss Marvel. But yeah. Anywho, we'll we'll rank the Disney Plus shows another time when Alex is on here. I know me and Chelsea did. (laughs) Yeah, did we do that on that one? Okay, no, he was on that one. Okay. Well, hey, I mean, we keep getting new shows. (laughs) My thing is, Marvel does a great job of showing and like showing and giving importance to new cultures you know so like mm-hmm. when they showed the duad in uh in moon Knight, when they showed um you know the the pakistani indian thing in uh in miss marvel very respectfully done and, and as far as like me learning stuff historically it was a very good representation of you know of, of what it was um, but that's the problem with these shows sometimes is that you're packing that part of it into the storyline also, and that takes you know that takes a lot of unpacking also. And so, again, when you're looking at five episodes and half an episode or 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 even a full episode as far as dedication to time throughout the entire series is dedicated to telling the story of the first Americans or telling the story of you know how that happened. It, it, it takes away from the story a little bit as far as you trying to make a comic book story. Yep. I understand all that, man. Well, Alex, I know your time is running short. I know we covered a lot here. You know, we'll, we'll cover more as the weeks come on. You know, uh, a few more things to talk about DC-wise. Uh, Invincible's going to be coming back here soon. So, yeah. like, you know, more news to be talking about. In the first couple episodes. Yeah, all right. More news to be talking about in the coming weeks, but uh, you know we always try to close with a fun note, whether it's Mount Rushmore, a ranking, or a fan casting. We're going to do a fan casting this time in sp- in light of the Fantastic Four casting. There was a glaring omission in the casting, and it was Victor Von Doom, the aforementioned Doctor Doom that we talked mm-hmm. about. We're just going to go ahead and give our uh, our dream picks uh, for this casting. I would I no, I don't think he's gonna be the main villain in the first movie, but I think that we are going to meet Victor Von Doom in some way, shape, or form in the first movie. Yeah. But um Alex, I started with you last time, so Chelsea can go to you. Didn't we do this already? 
a long time ago, but okay. what'd you got? Jamie Lannister. Yeah. Nicolaj Castrowaldo <laughs> oh, is Oh, okay. That's a he's, good one. he's been my pick for a very long time. Chelsea piggybacked on it. No, we literally both had it written down when we did this before. Yeah, no. Yeah, I mean he's he doesn't he hasn't been in like anything else since Game of Thrones. I'm that like is- well, he's, not anything he's, else. He hasn't been in anything huge since. Yeah, well, he's, he's one of those. He's one of those British actors that acts in British shit. Like, like he's in a lot of that stuff that we hardly see. Yeah, no, I, I, I get what you mean. Yeah, I just I'd like to see him, um, because you know he is the. Uh, you know he's obviously a great actor. You know. He, he's uh he's one of those guys that you uh, love to hate and hate to love in Game of Thrones. So I think he could bring you know that kind of gravitas to to the MCU as well. But um you know I don't I like having a different pick than Chelsea. So I'll be thinking of my next pick while Alex gives you his. So I think in seeing that all these characters are a little bit older, you know, seeing that it's not necessarily just like an origin story where they're younger. Um. Give me Killian Murphy, man. Give me Oppenheimer. Oppenheimer himself. Yes, like that steely face, that steely stare, it just screams Victor Von Doom, man. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I could absolutely see it. Like, he's a guy that you know I have also liked for Victor Von Doom. Um, I'm trying to think. I'm looking at some some options here. Uh, Pim Badgley, that would be hilarious considering a lot of people yeah. want him to play a uh, Reed, Reed Richards. Um, and I think he's a phenomenal actor. Uh, Madge Mickelson's another guy, um, mm-hmm. but he played Cassilius. John yeah. Hamm is a wild pick. Uh, Especially because he's covering Lincoln. the Thunder. Oh, God. <laughs> Andrew Lincoln from Walking Dead is, is another one. Oh, wow. Um, okay. Yeah, I mean, I'll. I'll go back to the well, man. I'll go to a guy that was also, you know, rumored to be uh, Reed Richards casting and has experience playing a villain. Good job, Adam Good Driver. Job. More. Yes. Yes, Adam Driver. I mean, Nicholas Costa-Rado is my pick, See, like 100%. I'm just trying to pick somebody Adam else. Driver was casted and left because, or didn't accept the role because he didn't like the script. So I can't imagine he's out here wanting to be Doom. I'm pretty sure that they've like changed a lot of that though. Like I know the director's the same, but I'm pretty sure they have a different script and everything. Like they fired the writers and all that stuff. And yeah, I mean, you know, the last little bit of news that we saw is Bob Iger came out and said that Marvel is going to be focusing on their bigger names, you know. <laughs> No more of these obscure stories, you know, these fleshed out obscure stories for obscure characters on Disney Plus. It's going to be, you know, more of the bigger names. So I don't think Bob Iger knows what he's talking about. I mean, I mean, I like the obscure stories. I just want them to be done well. I definitely uh agree with quality over quantity, Uh but I also, I don't. There's a thing to be said about oversaturation, and I yeah, think that that is a way. Oversaturated for so long. I think that is a way to introduce superhero fatigue if you like just hammer home like I'm these fatigued. like ten superheroes over <laughs> and over again. Because you, yeah. you, it's not just it's not just Marvel; it's DC and everything else. 
and Star Wars. I have Star Wars fatigue. I haven't even watched. I haven't even caught up with all the Star Wars. Things. I have Star Wars fatigue, but I've, I'm I'm still I'm still enjoying the whole superhero ride. Any kind of superhero content I will consume. So, so that means you're gonna be you're gonna be seeing Madam Web. <laughs> we we almost about going to that. That, looks, that looks terrible. Yeah. But <laughs> that looks said terrible you enough for me to go it? see it and be like, yo, that shit was terrible. Yeah. Dude, I saw um so Soups, Matt Ramos, he, he tweeted uh, it, it's like somebody screenshotted it, but he tweeted a picture of him at the premiere, like let's check it out. His next tweet was like 12 dots just by itself. His uh, next tweet was Morbius was better than this. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> I might so, I, I might go see it this weekend. I might, you know, I have the I have the AMC like three tickets a week thing. Yeah. And so I might just be like screw it, let's go see it. Grab some popcorn. Get a, Do it and get a small back. drink because I doubt I, I'll stay at the theater that long. <laughs> yeah, well, you got to report back so we can get, I, a, I will report get back. a review. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, hey, uh, Alex has got a piece out back to work. Chelsea's taking off the glasses. It is time to go to bed. So <laughs> hope everybody enjoys the podcast. Uh, go ahead and subscribe anywhere you're listening. Leave a five-star rating, positive review. We'd appreciate that. Uh, we'll be back next week talking more nerd news this was very marvel heavy we'll try to get into other stuff next time but until then y'all have a great night nerd up geek out bye (laughs) thank you for listening to the topic fandom podcast part of the believe network our podcast can be found on apple spotify google play stitcher or anywhere else you listen to your podcast find our podcast leave us a five-star rating and positive review and spread the word if you enjoyed it while we try to grow this thing until then nerd up and geek out